There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. It's been five days. Y'all bitches miss me. <laughs> yeah, it's QFTA. Tim McKernan Show. It's a podcast. My name's Tim McKernan. Jackson Burkett's here, and we're in the Wonko Big Studios. Welcome in, friends. Welcome to all of the listeners who podcast, all of the viewers who podcast at youtube.com slash TMASTL. And uh, thank you to the sponsors who make it possible. Longo Big Studio sponsor, James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at carltoninsurance.net. Uh, Munganas, St. Louis Acura, Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Um, we got Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. And we've got Mark Hanna online at evergreenstl.com. And I think we've covered all the bases of the people who make the podcast possible. And I'm going to stare at my hat on YouTube and try and figure out if this gift from the great Dick Wayner of St. Louis University High School, who truly may be, outside of family members, my favorite person in the world. He really might be. I, I only met the gentleman once uh, when he came in for a sound story back in the KFNS days, and listening to him talk for an hour and a half or so was just outstanding. He seemed to me like the perfect example of someone who you want in administration when it comes to any form of yeah. education, but especially high school education. Oh, you could be more right. Formative years. Yeah. To have it, uh, I was talking to my brother and sister-in-law, who are both administrators in public education, and we were discussing. It was like when you think about it, your teacher, you know, whether it be elementary school, that year is the most is probably the third most important adult in your life if I you agree have both that. your father and mother. And then it's probably the adult you see the most in a given year. Like, I don't know if you spend a collective seven or eight hours with any other adult like you do uh, a teacher. Well, so if you have someone like Dick Wayner, especially at the high school level, like I said earlier, just outstanding, incredible. He seemed just like the... He's the best. A world-class guy. He just, I can't, I can't say enough good things about him. The reason I'm talking about him is because yesterday uh, when I got home, there was a package there waiting for me, and, uh, and in it was this hat along with another St. Louis U High hat uh, and then also a Pope John Paul II uh, hat from his 1999 visit to St. Louis, which was his little joke because he is, uh, feels like he left a putt out there by the fact that I am not a religious person, and he was one of my theology teachers. But again, I would say I'm not anti-religious. I'm so pro the teachings. Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize that. Um, and and Mr. Wayner is a is a testament to his faith by the way that he acts. He lives what the teachings are, yeah. as opposed to what I feel like oftentimes goes on, in particular in 2024 is that one defends their actions of being a shitty person by hiding behind being in the front row at church or wearing the WWJD bracelet or uh, voting 
for a person who goes out of their way to talk about their religion to ingratiate themselves to people who feel like they will be going to hell if they don't vote for that person or party. And that is, while it might sound um, ridiculous when I describe it that way, I do think that that is relatively commonplace. Honestly, I think it kind of applies to my parents, uh, who I hold in incredibly high esteem. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't think of a better person. So I'm flattered by the fact that he was aware that I was catching hell for wearing the, would you call it Dodger blue St. Yeah. Louis U High hat? Good, good call. Yeah. I think St. Louis University wears those when they play baseball. And I didn't know St. Louis U High had morphed to this. So if it is from St. Louis U High, then logic would tell you this isn't black. But Jackson and I are trying to figure out if it's, if it's black or if it's midnight blue. Was that Lou Graham or Lou Reed? <laughs> Let's go with Lou Graham. Okay. But you and I both struggle with darker colors. So I would say you're wearing a black yes. turtleneck. You yes. would agree with that? Yes. But we, you Let and me I look both at my hat here. Color blind. God. Look at the back. There. I didn't even notice the back. Yeah. It's, what is it? 200 years? Uh, 200 years, St. Louis University High. Wow. Yeah. Bicentennial. Yeah. Um, I still don't know. I think I might go midnight blue. And I was on the black train uh, up until... Yeah. You made that observation. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a little midnight. That is That would also fit into St. Louis University High School's colors, yeah. the Navy, which great uniforms all around. Yeah, kind of so, Penn State-ish. Uh, and, a, and a world-class basketball gym. I have yeah. nothing but good things to say about the U-High. Oh, you played? Uh, Many games. Oh, where, right? where we defeated Jason Tatum in 2014. Oh, no way. St. Louis University High School. Oh, I didn't know it that. was in the building? I believe. Don't quote me. Roy Williams. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I believe Tommy Izzo as well. You know, you talk. About the tournament. Not positive on that. I was, I was told that they were both there. Uh, Matthew, do you pronounce it Paisley or Pasley? Let's go with Paisley. It says, don't worry about the hat color. You boys are hot. I like it when guys hop in and yeah, yeah. want to talk it over and be naughty with us. Matthew Portell writes, and the answer to the photo is, you know, for leaks and such. Uh, and that's in reference to, I just posted on the TMA fan page that we were making a glorious return. Uh, to uh, QFTA for the first time in five days, uh, and I posted an Abigail Mack picture. And you rank, hold on, who are, who are the three I asked you to rank? Ella Reese, Abigail Mack, and there was a third. Was that Diora Baird? I think so. Yeah. And you ranked Ella Reese one, Diora Baird two, Ma Abigail Mack three. Yeah. Is that because you're not an Abigail Mack fan, or is that because you're a bigger fan of those? What is, what is your reasoning? Uh, I think they're all three very attractive women. I don't think there's any way to deny that. Right. Uh, but we all have our personal preferences, and that's how I rank them. Uh, you know, not really considering their work as right. a part of my uh, equation. Yeah, I don't think Dora Baird's done work. Well, and it doesn't sound like she's apt to either, based no. on the communication with this program, I believe, KG and O-Town and her. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not necessarily privy to their, to their craft, but just based on physical appearance, I'm pretty confident in my ranking. There. Yeah. God, I don't know. I would probably, I, I was just curious, like Abigail Mack now looks different than she did a decade ago when she got into the industry. Work done or just? Yeah, brio season. Ah, gotcha. But I feel like her brio season isn't like, you know, the unfortunate like Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing that goes on, that final scene where everybody's face Area. is melting and, you know. Yeah, yeah, that is tough. You don't want that. Don't look at the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. Um, I think there's been a lot of advancements in plastic surgery over the last couple of years. Well, oh, it's like in, injections, and it's not even like surgery. Very, it's like, not very invasive. Like you can right. do it in your like living room. 
Right. Yeah, so it's it's a lot less invasive. They're not necessarily adding things as much, enhancing things. I was asked by, uh, when we went to, to the Bahamas a couple of weeks ago, my wife's friends, uh, and we were sitting around BS and and they asked uh, what work I'd had done. And I go, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, I can't tell if you're sharpshooting me here or not. <laughs> but uh, listen, sister, this is all natural. Yeah. Soak it in. Well, I mean, you got 24 veneers. I just found out about veneers a couple weeks ago. I think on this podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah. And that they're $125,000? Uh, I think they're a little less, but they are quite expensive. As, as you can imagine, most dental insurance would not cover such a frivolous surgery. I guess if you needed them. So does everybody in Hollywood have veneers? A lot. Is that right? A lot. I mean, if you're, if you're, that's the thing that I've talked about, I guess, when we had the conversation. Is like if you're playing in an old school movie and you have perfect teeth, yeah. It, just, it just doesn't Yeah, happen. yeah, yeah, I get it. I so feel a lot of times they have to put on false teeth on top of their already false teeth. But if you get a bad veneer job, I've heard it's a nightmare. Yeah, I would I would think like if if it looks like your mouth isn't big enough to hold your teeth. Yes. Yes. And then that's you, a that's a tough spot. You can't get them too big cuz then they'll yeah, like you'll look crazy. And then if you get them too small, and they like shave down your existing teeth so you look like a monster. It's a, and then they put them over that? Yeah. That's how I've, I didn't know that until you said that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is all uh, natural. Although now that I've, I'm shaving the beard, I'm thinking about at least seeing your Saint hair, St. Louis Hair Restoration, yeah. and then, duh, you haven't had a procedure. Although, right before we started this up, our director of sales, the great Keith Kraus and Hubbard Marty from the TMA fan page on Facebook, uh, programming director for KC95 and... Uh, 106.5 The Arch, they were in here BSing with us and uh, both made observations on your hair. I mean, this is a lot of buzz about your hair. There is, there is a there lot really of is. Do you think, like, do you truly think it's thicker on February 28th, 2024 than it was on February 28th, 2023? Yeah. 100%. You ship it instantaneously. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's a, like with any type of treatment you're going to get outside of like what Doug got the FUE procedure, which is, you know, that's more, what I would get. Much I just don't know if, if, if they could cover up like the, like Doug just did like a couple of inches on the top of his head. Yeah, I'd be doing the whole top of my head. Yeah, because and I don't want like the Kevin James Brian Urlacher thing. Like yeah. I want what I had when I was doing television, fucking twenty years ago. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's like what's what's the point? Right. I think it would take just more time, just because it would be starting like your donor area is completely bare at the moment, but you'd grow that out. No, you don't. That's what Doug says. You don't grow it out. Oh. They actually shave it. So, like, when Doug had his procedure, right, they right. shave it down. So right. I'm, I'm ready to go. I can oh, okay. go in there this afternoon if they want to knock it out, and, and I'll have hair tomorrow morning. Be yeah. great. Be huge on balloon parties. But you already wear a cap, so you just, I guess, wear a cap essentially for a year, and then one day you just take it off. And all of a sudden. And it's just the locks would, would cascade yeah. out. No. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would imagine I have to have some gray hair, I would think. I mean, yeah. I don't know how I wouldn't. I love a salt and pepper look. Is that right? Yeah, it's a great look. When done right. Who's a, who's a good example of an attractive gentleman with salt and pepper right now? I feel like Bradley Cooper has a little touch of... Oh, a, does he really? Maybe I didn't just know like that. a touch of pepper. I think he's like two years older than me. It's like a touch of pepper, like it's... it's or, or salt, oh, I should I say. I don't see any gray in him in the, the images. Maybe I'm just... thinking wrong. Oh, now it now he does. Yeah. This is interesting. It's like a wow. little bit, just a little bit, and it looks pretty good. He's uh he was out seen with uh, that Gigi Hadid yesterday. Gigi Hadid is uh, about your age, I think. Yeah, Bella's sister, and uh, I think those two might be getting hot and heavy. 
This is like the page six. Yeah, all of a sudden I have page six on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, She is 28. 28, okay. What is she, like 6'2 or something? She's very tall. Yeah. Bella, I think, is closer to my age. Well, they're both interested in this podcast, and I'm glad that they're listening. They're going to be guests next weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. The Hadid sisters will be on. Uh, Let's see. Tim, has Chaser done a sound story? If not, you should put one together for him and his boys. I know how much I would love to hear my father's voice right now. Um, that's from Ben the Butcher. Uh, yeah, pod, he did a... Oh, I've, I've had him on the podcast a bunch, but a sound story is a different kind of interview. That's one of the things we're talking about. We're talking about here. You know what? I'll do This is a special thing for the podcast. I try to leave certain... What do you call them? Easter eggs? Yeah, yeah. This, this is an this Easter egg. a little bit bigger. But... You, you don't get it on uh, TMN. You don't get it on 101. But I'm going to do it for those who are loyal to this yeah. podcast. Like a Patreon exclusive. So the next thing that we're doing with Sound Story, we, which I am super excited about, We've had a guy, one of our investors, um, God bless this guy, uh, he has just been adamant. He's like, we know what it is because we know what it is. Sounds like a marketing slogan. He goes, but so many people, so like last week I had a couple in, and I was interviewing and they didn't really know it was what it was. They just knew that their kids had gotten it for them for Christmas. And then they got done and they go, oh my God, this was so great. We didn't know really what this was. This is unbelievable. What a great idea. I, I don't know how many times I've heard that. You've probably heard it because oh, you've yeah. done them as well. But anyway, so this guy's, you got to show people what it is. And so that's one of the reasons we went into the video element. And that's great. Um, but I want to have our own studio, not because this doesn't work, this is great, but our own studio for it because I think aesthetically, um, I want to have it be more. And I also think, even though we don't think this because it's our job and we don't think anything when we walk in here and we see 105.7 or Riz or KC95 or Courtney or 101 ESPN or one of these, these bigger stations, it, I guess it can be intimidating. And then you're going into a studio and you're already a little nervous because you're like, what is this? Yeah, I can understand that. Too. So, so it makes sense. You try to put yourself in the position of both your customers, but then your customers oftentimes are guests and sometimes in, in what sound story is now older and so i am just going to not i sound story is just going to give three sound stories to the audience now here is the deal here is the new part and i, I think i can i don't know why i can't say it uh so i'm just gonna say it what we're going to do is we're going to have a separate studio which may become our main studio maybe like two miles from here at the most so still centrally located. This is actually be closer to 40, so a little south of here. Um, and it'll be more like a podcast studio. When you see a podcast that you see done well, um, where it's like a couch or love yeah. seat or whatever, and then mics. So it's that, that's the kind of setting I want to do interviews in. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll also be more conducive to guests and less intimidating if they are intimidated. And then do video. So every sound story is going to be video but then we're going to offer um essentially a, it's we're going to turn them into life documentaries i guess i need to probably come up with a better way to describe it but they're going to be video and then we are going to get images and this is so email me tmckernan at insidestl.com you want it uh here are the terms though you got to provide me your sound story again uh with 30 images and videos and they can be still images that we'll digitize. They can be VHS videos that we'll digitize. And then we will then cover 
B-roll would be a term that I would use, but Doug has told me that's an antiquated film term. Was he now? Thank you. Uh, the interview, not the entirety of it, but when you're talking about certain topics, the images will be on there. So unlike in your phone, right. where you're just like, oh, yeah, I have it. Let me find it. It's all there with your life story or your mom's life story, your dad's life story, all the images, all the videos, and we now have essentially produced a life documentary for your loved one. That is the direction we are taking sound story. And so, number one, I'm super excited about it because now we'll be able to show people more effectively what it is that we do. And then secondarily, now we're creating a video product that's like a life documentary for people. And to be able to digitize old images. I mean, I have plenty of images of myself as a kid and probably images of my, I know I have images of my parents as kids but they're still images and photo albums. I have plenty of my sports casts when I was starting out, but they're on VHS. So to be able to digitize those, to provide that service, and then also to cover the interview, and by that I mean that's the video you will see while you hear the interview going on under it, which is, you know, standard in, a, in television or on YouTube, um, is, is a bigger product along with providing the service of conducting the interview. So... You're getting it free. What you will have to do is provide these images. We'll digitize it. Um, you will sign a waiver saying if somehow these are damaged, we're not held liable. I'm not taking on risk with this. But understand that it will be marketing. We will use these three interviews as marketing on social media and, and wherever else, perhaps television campaigns, so people can see it. So that you have to be it because some people, I would say, Jackson, it seems about two out of three sound stories, they can check check a box and say whether or not they uh, want the interview to be made public. And I'd say about two out of three say yes. Mm -hmm. But in this case, if you're going to do this and we give the service for free, uh, then you have to understand that it's going to be public. So that's that's the deal. But like I said, 67% of people are comfortable with it being made public anyway. So with that said, you will get, I mean, a fully produced life documentary, uh, which is the direction we're taking Sound Story. Um, you just need to provide the images and understand that it's going to be something that will be posted on social media. So anyway, I'm super excited about it, and I haven't talked about it on TMA or 101, but uh, this is one of the things we talked about at our board meeting a few weeks ago, and this is the direction we're taking it, and I think we have the studio, um, which I looked at uh, a few days ago, and Peter Rep, our GM for Sound Story, looked at. So anyway, I'm pretty fired up about it. So if you want a free Sound Story... Uh, and at this level of a sound story, too, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. There you go. That's Questions, awesome. comments, thoughts, that, reactions. Super awesome. Yeah. God I bless. Think, I think that's outstanding. So that's specific for the, the Tim McKernan Show podcast audience. That's a little Easter egg, as yeah, you call it. Yeah, a little nugget. Yeah, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Um, so there you go. Uh, anyway, do with it what you want. Um, should... Shroud the Sound Story Studio in black curtains. Nope. That's not what we will do. But thank you for the idea. I like the uh, term shroud. I do like the term. You don't see it used as a predicate all that often. It can be a noun and it can be a predicate. Verb, nurse. Yeah, I think you nailed it. The Shroud of Turin. Mm. Which Are you familiar with this? This is a Christian thing. No. Well, that doesn't mean that therefore you're out. No, I'm just I know. saying that you well, probably you I, might not have heard of it as right. much. You know, because it's like of, yeah. you like bust out the Torah. I'm going to go, I know what it is, but I don't know if I could really you right. know, start right. reciting it. Um, but uh, supposedly, which really strikes me as like, wow, what great fortune was the uh, sheet 
the body of Jesus Christ was wrapped in and the blood left imprints of, of him on the, on the sheet. Now, theoretically, it could have just been a guy, mm-hmm. but it just so happens that people wanted to believe that that was actually right. Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, and we'll cover that next week on Balloon Party. Yeah, then we'll get into the Holy Grail in April. We will. Yeah, I think that's going to be the April topic. Uh, Tim, when are you going to choose the people for the free sound stories? Uh, there's no real timeline. I just decided to talk about it here because it's on my mind, and I'm super excited about it. I just, I know, like, like, like for example, I've talked about Mark Monavani, who's our executive chairman with Sound Story, and Mark would be the first one to say, you know, he's always kind of like, man, you really enjoy doing this. Like, oh, I love doing these things. I, I honestly, I feel more, like, I bet my heart rate goes up and I could check it with our friends at Whoop, not a sponsor, but just got a shout out. Uh, like, then when I'm doing TMA, my heart rate's probably like, you know, whatever, balloon party. But Soundstorm, kind of like, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta kind of like, yeah, yeah, I gotta perform. I gotta come through. And I love it because I'm learning. I interviewed a guy two days ago, Jackson. You might have been in your studio. I don't know. I think Plowhawk went in there. I don't remember. But either way, his dad was on the USS Medusa. Oh, wow. Which was the ship that was supposed to be attacked in Pearl Harbor. Right, right. But they had flipped spots in the harbor with the Arizona. Right, the Arizona is the one that got shot. Right. And the reason was the Medusa was the one that was like, uh, it could, it could, it fixed all the ships. It was a monster, yeah. and uh, and that was the target for the Japanese. And his dad was, you know, the captain's yeoman. Oh my god! So he's telling those stories. Plus, this guy himself was a was a medic in Alaska during the Vietnam War. Uh, and so the story. So anyway, I bring Manavani because Manavani's like, I'm surprised that, you know, after you do all these shows. Then you want to do these interviews, and I go, oh, I do. I I love it because I'm. It's essentially just like story time. Now I'm conducting it, but you know, it's it, it's. I'm I'm just curious. I guess would be the best way to describe it. So I love hearing the stories and the follow-up questions. And people are, you know, if you were listening to TMA yesterday with Kelly Chase, that was kind of like a sound story, in the sense that he was clearly here to talk. And so there was no question that was going to be swatted away. Um, sometimes you're doing an interview with an athlete. Oftentimes, really, you kind of know where you can go. And it's exciting for the audience when you can tell the person being interviewed is clearly going to talk more openly than normal. Otherwise, one of the main reasons why I don't really bother with interviewing athletes on TMA or balloon party, not only is it a pain in their ass, and I know they don't really want to do it, it's also because I know they're not going to say anything. Like, I can excite the audience by saying, Jordan Bennington's going to join us, and then he's going to give me, like, seven minutes of... It's not Jordan Bennington's fault. He's doing the right thing. Yeah. His job's to win games, not jerk off the audience with, you know, like, yeah, what the fuck's going on with Cairo? I don't know. I can't figure it out either. He can't say that stuff, so it's not going to be. But I'll tell you what, if I had Keith Kachuk come in here right now, the shit he would tell me about his time with the Blues from 2001 through 2009, holy shit, he would air a bunch of people out and all kinds of stories. It's just you don't do it while you're playing. Yeah. So I love when I'm sitting with somebody and we're talking openly. I love probably one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast. So that's the reason why I love doing sound stories. So anyway, Manavani started looking at some of these because they're up on YouTube. Not all of them, but some of them. And he goes, oh, my God, how about the guy who played for St. Louis University on the national championship team, but then he got drafted into Vietnam? He goes, I couldn't stop watching it. And I go, yeah. And he goes, and these are just like 
they're just like everyday people. And I go, but everyday people, everyone has a story. And it sounds like a marketing thing, but it truly is the case. And that's why, and I don't know the stories. Whereas if I'm interviewing Kachuk, I already know, okay, yeah, you guys lost to the Avalanche in 2001. What do you remember about it? I already know what happened in the games. Unless he tells me something that happened in the, the locker room, you know, most people already know. But with these stories, you know, and on top of it, most importantly, for the family members, they will now always have it. But with this new product, now you will also have the video and you will have the images. And a lot of people have these images, whether it's saved on their phone or in photo albums or on VHS. And we will take those and digitize them and then cover them in the interview. So anyway, that's the new deal. You just heard it here on uh, the Tim McKernan show first. Uh, Tim, did you watch John Stewart on Monday? God, that man is the best. Would you be willing to do once a week political talk? I wouldn't. I wouldn't schedule it because I, I appreciate the question, though, Ben the Butcher. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I was watching that, and then my uh, boys came downstairs. I was actually watching it last night. Now that uh, and uh, and then what was he talking about? I don't even remember. Have you watched it yet? Uh uh-uh. I saw it two weeks ago. I haven't seen this week. So. Yeah, so he talked about Israel uh, with, he had a, a guy, two guys. Did you see that two guy? One guy, a Muslim guy, and another Jewish guy. And they actually met on Twitter and have these calm conversations between each other. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was, I believe, last week's. And Super I don't cool. know if I saw, I saw the beginning of last night's, but or it was Monday's, but I, like I said, my two sons came running downstairs and... That's not the time to, to watch that, not because of the content, but because I can't focus with them. Mm-hmm. Run all boy, with the YouTube chat is active as the day is long. I didn't realize this. I was just looking at the most recent ones. Let me make sure I cover them all. Uh, hey, Jackson, found your stat line from high school basketball. A lot to be desired there. Is that true? Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a ton of clock my junior and senior year. So I'm not to tell you. Kind of Beat cook- Jason Tatum, though. Cookie crumbles. Yeah, that was my sophomore year. I'd just been pulled up to varsity. And I've said before, but I'll say it again, they would have sooner played with four guys on the floor than put me in there. Is that right? I mean, Like yeah. Gene Hackman, Coach Normandale? Yeah, Chaminade had six or seven D1 players on their team that year. A couple, One or two in football with the rest in basketball. It's crazy. Sick. Yeah. I didn't say And you guys clipped them. We did. Run four corners, essentially. Is that right? Yeah, that you'll see to this day. That Tatum's a big proponent of shot clock in high school basketball. And it's because of the 2014 Ledoux Shamanag. Yeah, because we would hold the ball for Are like, you a proponent of the shot clock in high school as well? Uh, I could go either way on it. it doesn't, oh, I'm surprised you don't have like an opinion. Uh, I see I see what he's saying, but I think he's thinking of high school basketball in his lens where he, I mean, their senior year, Tatum's senior year, they played a national schedule. They were playing the best guys in the entire country. He was playing guys who he would later play at Duke. Like he was playing sick, talented teams. Most high school basketball is not that great and if you're going to put a shot clock on there it's just going to be harder and harder for people um but no i don't and, and if his reasoning is because of that could steal the damn ball so, yeah i'd like you to have a have a take and scream it if you could well we would like score it. and then get the ball back and hold it for like a minute or two and then score again and it would be really frustrating so wouldn't they come out to like attack or they just kind of stood there and point guard tim by the name of cornell johnston cornell johnston joins little us t, live little t shout out little t shout out cornell Incredible, one of the toughest basketball players I've had, ever had to guard. Five foot seven, played at Eastern Illinois afterwards, and he was impossible to guard with the ball. Is that right? Quick as a hiccup, as uh, who was that? Dave. Dave uh, Steckel. Dave Steckel would say, yeah. and unbelievable ball handler. So getting the ball out of his hand was 
damn near impossible. Is that right? Without Cornell. Well, how about that? Uh, Matthew Paisley lets me know it's pronounced like Paisley, but spelled without the I. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Beer cats. Tim, before you shaved the beard, did you say you were using, I wouldn't say I was using dye, but my beard, uh, my beard, if it, well, I mean, you can see it right now. This is, there's nothing on it now. And so what, what color would you describe my mustache to the audience who might be viewing it through YouTube? Well, I don't, I don't even know. Sandy Brown. Sandy Brown. Yeah. That's who sends us our live reads every day here at Hubbard. I know. Well, <laughs> I think that is. That's a person. That is, Sandy Brown is a person, but it is like a, like a beachy brown. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. And then I got gray here. Yeah. But I would color it, not because this is the only place you can see. This is the only place where there's gray. And I'm like, oh, I got gray. I'm 47. What the fuck else am I supposed to have? <laughs> you know? But it just, it would be kind of like you say, the color, if you were to grow a beard, is your bigger issue than yeah, the totally. fact that it's... Yes, I can grow facial hair. It's, just, it's You got a little going on right now. Yeah, because I never, I don't take like a Bic and shave it. I just do the electric so it doesn't necessarily get down to the skin. No. But from far away, it looks like it is down to the skin because the it's like clear hair on my no. face. So it's, it sucks because I would really like to grow a beard, but also like blonde beards I never think look good. No. Who has a blonde beard and making it work? He doesn't make it work, but he has one. It's Jake Paul, and it's, yeah, that, it's yeah. no good. Yeah, and his is like probably the best. Is so. that right? The blonde beard, it just uh, to me. I so like, if I grow this again, it's like it's like a fuck you to my wife, you know. Now that I know how much she didn't like yeah. it. Where's she on five o'clock shadow? Like, she what do you loves have now? the she she okay. she's on board with this. And this is a total. This and is this a perfect, is the win. This is a this perfect is it. middle ground. Okay, because yeah, it looks good. This is like five or six days of yeah. not shaving, yeah. but still shaving my head, which is a whole fucking deal. Uh, what else do we got here, Tim? Have you thought about? I'm just answering everything. Uh, Tim, have you thought about a TMA Mizzou tailgate for a home game? Maybe a station-wide tailgate so you don't have to do all the work as usual to put on an event. Thank you, Matthew Paisley, for phrasing it that way. This is nice. We might be in the period here, the early period of the correction. Now, let me tell you what the correction is, okay? Do you want to see if you know what I mean by the correction? What do, you, what do you think I mean by the correction? Well, we've been on about, oh, I would say eight years of... Tim you is, got it. You're gonna. You're actually gonna get it. Tim is the boss. He's in charge of everything. He owns the parking lot and all. And the bad guy. Yeah, and the bad guy. And now, after, after damn near a decade of of trying to convince people that being the same motherfucker, yeah, is, actually probably a better person now than I was yeah. 15 years ago when everybody folks, liked me. <laughs> trying to convince folks that you are not the one in charge, right. just an employee like right. everyone else. We are now seeing the uh, the scale slide back. So here here's here's who I'm thinking of when I think of the correction. I'm thinking of Joe Buck, not because of levels of talent or right because net you're worth. more talented. I didn't want to say that, but yeah, thank you for saying. It. I was hoping right. you were going to jump in. You're passed over on the Monday night. I agree. Thing. I feel like I was fucked over, and I went and Dan Caesar and bitched about it with a passive aggressive thing and some tweets where I just wrote LOL and hoped people would say, "Man, yeah." You're spying with the creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and so. There was a period of time, and I wasn't even aware of it, but I, I guess I became aware of it just by interacting with Joe. Like, out of nowhere, I interviewed him at Jay Bucks and Clayton in 2004, and the Cardinals had just lost the World Series. And we knew each other, but we didn't know each other as well as we know each other now. And he goes, do you look at that sound-off section? And I go, the thing where, like, the old people write in and, you know, say veiled racist shit? I go... Yeah, what about it? I mean, what are you, why are you bringing this up? 
And he goes, oh, they're ripping me in there. And I go, fucking cares. <laughs> you don't want them on your side. You know, like, I don't want a Sarah Palin endorsement. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I go, what do you fucking care? And he goes, yeah, the fact that they even print that shit. I go, but that's what they, because then it's going to get a reaction. They can't go, yeah, we think the Cardinals, you know, I mean, that's, that's the deal. Right. It was Twitter before there was Twitter. Mm. And so then 2012, I'm on the road with him, and he's talking about it was when the Giants beat the Falcons in a playoff game, and we're heading from MetLife Stadium to, to the airport, and he's saying, and me and my wife are in the car, and him and Aikman are in the back, and he's saying, just in general, not to anybody in particular, I was going to lean over and flip off those fans. And I go, dude, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if he did that? Oh, like, all hell had break loose. I mean, it's, an image of it. Yeah, I mean, in 2012, it wasn't as common, but still, it was common enough that people would get a yeah, picture of it. Had a camera I go, what the fuck? I'm like, why are you even, like, thinking about that? And then at some point here over the last, I don't know, like, like Joe Buck hate was in vogue is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and he was aware of it, and it kind of bothered him, and it really kind of weirded me out that it bothered him because I'm going, you're making whatever you're making, but either way, you're good. And you could shut it down. Like, who the fuck cares? It's a bunch of, you know, you're in New Jersey with, you know, Giants fans still screaming at you when they're up by, like, 35. Who the fuck cares? And the post is batch sound-off section. Like, you don't want these people to be on your side. Uh, but then he started going on. Maybe it was Pardon My Take. Yep. And then his podcast. Yep. And where else? I feel like I feel like he became, like, stern. Like, he became, like, people realized, oh, he's not... Right. What like social media and sound off said he was? He's really like a, just like a good, super self aware. That's the key right there. What guy. Was his book titled? Oh, lucky bastard. That, yeah, and that, that was probably like seven years ago, maybe. I don't know. But there wasn't there. Something, no, it was twenty sixteen. Like I hate like Joe Buck or something along those lines. Right. Like he was aware that people, everyone he thinks he hates. Their right, team. their team. Right, and he gets it. He lays out the reason for it. But anyway. So then that, like, made it, like, now it's, like, it's all right to, like, Joe. The pendulum swung back. The pendulum swung. And I'm telling you, I think we might be at the beginning of the correction on me. Oh, I, I like think, that. I think, I could be wrong. And I don't know what caused it, but I just feel like I'm sensing it. Yeah, you're chipping away. I'm chipping away. I'm <laughs> chipping away. I don't know. You know, I don't have the stern thing and the part of my take audiences to, to go there, and I don't think they're going to ask me on. I think they should. And miss. again, I think it's politics, and I just tweeted out LOL, and hopefully the guys at Pardon My Take and Stern see that know that I'm passive-aggressively shaming them. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I'm like, yeah, people now get that Joe's is kind of like, he couldn't be more self-aware, truly, but if anything, almost apologetic, because he's like, yeah, I am fucking lucky. Mm-hmm. No question. You think I'm calling Cardinal games at 21 if I wasn't the son of Jack Buck? There's no fucking way, right. you know. But at the same time, do you think I'm calling Monday Night Football because my dad's Jack Buck? Most most people at this time don't right. even know who he was. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? The, that's the self-awareness thing in the major way. Like, I, I just saw, and this was a big thing on Twitter, big thing in my little vacuum, but Bryce Dallas Howard. Is now Bryce president. Chandler Hill. He <laughs> slept with Jessica Simpson's father after cutting his hair. Prime example of nepotism. But, uh... Bryce Dallas Howard, actress you may know from the Jurassic World series, Ron Howard's daughter. And she was talking about, like, advice to young actors to breaking through, and she was talking about, like, how it was really tough for her and, like, you know, how she did 45 auditions before she ever got a part, and her agent said, Uh how would you get there? I can already tell this isn't going to go well. Well, her first three acting credits were in Ron Howard movies, her father. 
So, like, that's a prime example of not being self-aware that you were kind of born on third base in that regard. Not to take away from her talent. She's very talented. But let's be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas Joe is, like, exactly what you said. Like, if I'm 21 and calling Cardinal games, do you think there's a correlation right. between my dad being Jack Buck? Like, when you're aware of that stuff and you either make fun of it in a self-deprecating way or at least acknowledge it at the very least, that gives people, like, a, like all right, well, at least this person isn't so stuck up their own ass right, that they're right, not right, aware right. of it. right. Yeah, I mean, I just can't say enough. Like, so if there's, like, if there's somebody I'm not a big fan of, I just kind of don't talk about them. I'm sure you kind of have picked up my codes mm-hmm. now. Um, but they're not really even codes. It's just, like, I'm just not going to really say that much. I'll, like, say something, you know, like, like it's almost more awkward if I don't say anything. Right. But if there's somebody who I am a big fan of, and I'm not even talking about, like, their work, because that's objective. I'm talking about who they are if I've gotten a chance to get to know them. And I'm like, man, this is a good fucking guy or she's super cool and good people i want to talk about that so people know it's not like oh i you know walked past him in the airport and so now i know him that those types of fucked up stories you know and he didn't smile yeah oh what was the deal with him something must be going on with his marriage you know that type of shit yeah i'm talking about like actually and i can't say enough good things about Joe Buck. And like Kelly Chase, who was in here yesterday, and for real, if you haven't seen that interview, watch it or go back and podcast it because holy shit. Um, but my validation means nothing. His validation is he's putting this thing on in the face of God only knows what, uh, but an aggressive form of leukemia at the minimum. And his validation isn't like, you know, don't get me wrong, it was great to have the listeners be so supportive, but the fact that people like Garth Brooks want to like even talk about being in St. Louis for this charity hockey game and people are kind of like fighting to get in and play and be part of it and whoever he's going to have coaching he said we won't believe it uh that's the validation and it goes well beyond the game of hockey I mean he's gotten to know some of these people in in this kind of a-list world with discovery properties that's you know, the thing in Idaho he may have made reference to, I think Troubadour in Nashville is a discovery property. The thing that I was at with Joe in 2012, Madison Club, that's a discovery property. Got it. Um, and so, like, the that part of the, you know, stratosphere, it's not just wealth. It's also kind of, it's not, and it's not just like I was on The Real Housewives. It's real shit. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's the operation so if i if i cross paths with and whether it's you're at the level of that or you're just like somebody who i know people are aware of you know chase's thing that speaks to i don't need to say anything people know but i feel like i needed to speak about joe buck because i know that that oh well he doesn't like st louis i'm like that is a further he could live wherever the fuck he wants he works like 15 days now now i realize you got to work in between you don't just show up and call games but that's all he does right. and i think he's making 15 million a year and he obviously had money before then you know it wasn't like he was like scraping by before right. then and yet he lives here you know his daughters don't live here you know uh so anyway but like i, w- I was very vocal when brian burwell and joe strauss passed away because i knew the whole thing about them as well and i'm like these are two good motherfuckers now i think people may have known Burwell was a good guy that has totally disagreed with a lot of the shit he wrote. And I did. I disagreed with a lot of the shit he wrote. And I thought some of it, like he wrote something in the Rams and they're like about to move and he's writing about Greg Zerline. I'm going, what the fuck is that? And Strauss loved to give him shit about that great provocative column, Rams about to move and you're writing about the kicker, mm-hmm. you know? And then Strauss. But people really thought Strauss was like this dick. Yeah. And he was when he was writing and he was tweeting and maybe even when he was on the radio. 
But as far as like just one-on-one when it was me and him on the phone or just me and him, I'm like, this is a good fucking guy. And it's kind of like the opposite. He didn't want people to know he was a good guy as opposed to putting it on that he was a good guy. And then in private, he's like, I'm this fucking, you know, asshole you don't want to deal with. And so in those cases, I guess maybe that's when I'm more outspoken, when I know that the public thinks one thing and it's negative and I actually have private interactions with people and I'm going, oh, these are good people. These are the people you need to like, not the ones that you may, that might be putting on a show. Sure. So that's where I'm coming from on that. Uh, let me see what else I got going here. I haven't even read an email yet. We are so backed up on emails. I appreciate people sending them in. It's a great thing that's happened with QFTA, um, but I know I've fallen behind and we'll, I don't know if we'll get to them all because I don't know if we will be able to, but they're so good now. Uh, so tip of the cap to people. We're really getting some good ones. You can email in anytime, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Jackson, anything going on with you? I mean, I know you're a man in love. You got a thick head of hair. You're tall. You've lost weight. The only thing you're really upset about is is your rec league officials. Yeah, uh, pisses uh, me off. I have a question. I guess I'm, I am taking questions. Or I guess a thought. So yesterday, Tim, mm-hmm. I had to get some blood work done. Yeah, what was going on with that? Oh, just you know, standard stuff. I I don't think I've ever actually done. You pissing razor blades, bro? No, 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 no. no. All is good. This is like a yearly test, and um, I'd never done it before. So blood was, work? Really? Yeah, oh my first God, I have had, I, I feel like it's a monthly occurrence for me. Well, this will be. Okay. So I went in yesterday, first time, and they do it, takes like, you know, two minutes, doesn't really hurt by any means. But I have a question for you. Yeah, I'm taking questions. When they stick that needle in and start filling up those vials of blood, are you looking at it or are you looking away and not even thinking of looking at it? I look it? at it. I don't oh, think anything really? of it. Yeah. Oh, really? That's, that's interesting. That, I don't even think anything of it. Maybe maybe I'm in the minority. I never even think about it. I never talked about it, I guess. So I look to my left the whole time. I'm like, right oh, look arm. how quick it goes. That's what I think. Look how, man, there's a lot of blood real quickly. So, and then, then they, like, take another one, and then they just keep putting yeah, them on yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So I was hearing that, and so I was like, all right, like, I'm doing good. So are you looking at it, or you can't look at so it? So I, I wasn't looking at it because my plan going in was not to look at it. Well, you had like, it, it was all in your head going in. Right. Well, I, I wasn't trying, like, I wasn't, like, concerned about, like, pain or anything like that. I was just, like, concerned about, like, I don't know what it's going to look like. And I've never had it done, and I've heard people get life, lightheaded and faint and stuff. And I have to fast beforehand, eight hours. And so I was a little concerned about that. But I was like, all right, I'll take a quick glance and look. And that was a bad decision. Really? I did oh, not okay. like it. All right. I'm, not, all. I'm not mocking at all. I, it, maybe it's because I've done it so much that I don't think anything of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it, I looked at it one, once and... Uh, I did not like what I saw. Really? I mean, it's just... I, I'm fine. Like, I love violent movies where blood gets spilled all over the place. It doesn't bother me, Amy. But I guess it's like my blood and seeing it that close and not no. my body. Something about it just it didn't set me right. And I, I was like, oh, bad idea. Look, look, look away. away. So now you're looking away. Now, totally all look away. So did, was it tough for them to get the, uh, the needle in there? Okay, so my wife has a spot with that that I guess like her vein, vein is yeah. not as... So they will like stab be, po- it's like I'm looking for the clit. They're just, <laughs> where the fuck is this thing? Does it even exist? I don't believe it exists. Yeah. And they'll like stick her like a billion oh, times. Sucks. And I'm, I guess mine just protrudes because I'm such a Nancy. <laughs> and they just write it in right away. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't think anything of yeah, it. I read that hydration beforehand is really key to that. Yeah, you know, the, I've been drinking a lot of water. The more you drink, the more like your veins like are like plump. And oh, so okay. it like pops out. I had a buddy actually in college. It was a really interesting college job. He was a phlebotomist. He, in college, he would work at the plasma donation center. So if you stick him yeah, all sure. the time. And uh, I won't name the name my guy, but there were some moments where he would be 
vomiting in the bathroom from the night before. You know, we were out oh, drinking hungover, like yeah. crazy, hungover. And he'd come out. I hear him in the bathroom, and he'd come out of the bathroom in his scrubs to be able. He's like, "All right, off to the pleasure center." I was like, "You're gonna go stick needles in people?" Yeah, fresh off your psychopath? vomit, comment? Oh I was like, "You can barely walk." Sounds like sweet, sweet Kai to me. No, 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 no. But no, I think I'm pretty no, sure no. it's sweet, sweet. I don't Kai. think sweet, sweet Kai likes blood, so I think he'd be out on that. I know I could not do that. Too. Yeah, and no, after I, hearing this, I didn't know that. But maybe I'm in. I don't know. You ought to ask like uh, Doug and Iggy and Plowhawk to see what's doing with this. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm the freak. I'll bring it up tomorrow on the, on the presentation. But yeah, the phlebotomist thing. Uh, I had a very, I was very lucky because it took no time at all, and it didn't hurt at all, and now my arm's all good, and uh, everything came back good. Did you go right or left? You're righty, so you should have gone left. Is what you should have done. I you went right? righty. I don't know that's why. A that's a Yeah, we got to like, get that taken I was just care like, of. Let's go, let's go right. I don't know why. Uh, Callus Coitus has a question. Tim and Jackson, what is currently your biggest weak link or your weakest link in your golf game, and what is your biggest piece of advice to get better at the said at that said piece? Wow, nice question. Kind of a golf centric question. I will answer for Jackson because this is the answer, and I don't, I don't really care what your answer is. Oh, I know what it is. You don't compress the golf ball, nope. and as soon as that happens, and it could happen this afternoon um, if we took the time to do it, you will be hitting, like I keep using the 7-iron, you'll be hitting it like 175, 185 uh, stock. Uh, and just more consistent. I'm certain too. if we went into a simulator, your club face is open. There's oh, just, I know there's just, okay. Well, no, then, then, then there's. Well, I have, I have, I have a couple swing thoughts that are addressing that. I've also, uh, I was told by somebody the other day, like, just a two prong thing when it comes to like where your body is, like cover the ball with your chest, and then feel like your hands are exiting more left, like feel like they're as opposed to like because you know like the common thing is like finish high, finish high, yeah. but like really it should be finish left and then high yeah you know? so yeah, yeah, yeah working on that and then also getting some left wrist flex at the top that's, of the that's, yeah, top yeah. of the backswing so that we're coming in both more controlled and with a more closed club face that's going to lead more. what's going to happen is you're just going to see it and then you're just going to be able to do it and you're not going to worry about all these thoughts that can knock you off your game because totally. then that gets in the clouding the mind and the mind is so important in the game yeah. um i got a spot here and it really isn't a, 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 a I mean, I, my my week I would say around the green or or within a hundred yards. I just should be. I, I would see because I track my stats because I'm fucking crazy. How many fairways I would hit, and then how many greens in regulation, and 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 just like the conversion of turning those into birdies, especially from where I would be, is just a waste. And so that that's that's everything. And since my two year old now wants to live at the range, which is fucking insane, but I love it. All I'm doing is because he's you know he's hitting the ball four or five yards. Uh, so I'm at this little short game range with him, and that's all I'm hitting. Now, here is my issue. Uh, we have this Sim Golf League, Simulator Golf League, and I went into the simulator, kept coming back off our trip, and I guess we were flying back, and I saw something on Instagram, and I may have said this already, I apologize, uh, in which, like, the time an amateur takeaway begins and then actually makes impact with the ball. Oh, yeah, I saw that video. Okay, it's like, I mean, it's damn near 2x. Oh, yeah, the, the, a pro. The pros are making contact by the time. Why they're, in the, why they're like at, at the, the very top. Oh, of my back. God, yeah, at the top of their swing. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why, like, I could even hit, because I'm like, I, for, for my size and my age, how far I hit it off the tee is, I think, good. But then my irons are kind of like middle of the road. And I'm like, I wonder what that's about. And I know you're swinging down on irons and swinging up on driver, but whatever. 
And so I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that. And then I swung like aggressively in a simulator and just like, you know, I mean, you're ball in, ball out, fuck, probably hitting three balls a minute and swinging like, you know, yeah. just like hammering it. And so now for the first time in my life, I have like a, a back situation and it's not terrible. I'm dealing with it as we speak. It's like a one or two on a one to 10. So I go, so my, my guy who uh, is a TMA guy, Dr. Ben Hendricks, who is a wizard. Uh, and I, for me to drive to St. Peter's, yeah. I either got to be going to a daisy chain or Dr. Ben Hendricks. And uh, if you see Tim in St. Peter's, <laughs> I'm either in a daisy chain or seeing Dr. Ben. It, there's nothing in between. Yeah, you'll know by the smile on his it's face. Just, I just don't leave the, my little, you know, like this is like, oh, I got to drive to work. Well, it's eight minutes away. I know. Yeah. So he fixes me up. We have the Sim League this week. Holloway and I, my guy, ship season, God bless. And I have no issues either. We played three rounds. So that's 27 holes. You know, they're nine whole things. And I'm fine. And then I go play yesterday, my first round of golf since October. Mm. And on number eight at where I play, uh, which is drivable for like the plus guys I play with, it's not drivable for me, but the wind was perfect coming out of the south, south, southeast. And I'm like, oh, I think I could maybe for the first time ever drive the green. And so I took a, and I did. However, after my tee shot on nine, I'm like, oh, fuck, now it's back. So for the first time to have a back thing, and again, it's not like I can't handle it. It's just it sucks because now it's there. Yeah. And I'm like, and the weather's going to be beautiful this weekend again for the first weekend in March, and I want to play, but I'm like, I don't want to compound this thing. No, I feel that for sure. So anyway, I, in a way, it might not be bad because what I need to work on is 100 yards and in. Yeah. And that's where my son and I go anyway, the two-year-old. But, um, yeah, I'm just like, oh, shit. That was just, I mean, I don't know. That was maybe the fourth or fifth driver I hit that day, yesterday. And if I really go after it, fuck, this is, this is problematic. I will say this. One thing that I noticed, and I, and I do it because this to me is the most, I guess it's, I guess it gets to a certain point when you kind of know your mechanics. So maybe like somebody who's in the 10 to 15 handicap range, what is keeping a person from getting better? Oftentimes, certainly it can be mechanical. Like yours is mechanical. There's not a doubt in my mind because I've gambled with you and they've been decent sized games and you don't piss down your leg. And so you are, you are in, in the mix for being on call when, when the time comes for whatever, because you don't piss down your leg. And that is, I don't think that's a learned trait, but I think you can help refine it. Yesterday, granted, I'm just out there by myself, and I'm walking, and I'm carrying my bag. But I buried the, my first hole of the year. That's nice to have. And then my second hole, it's it's a it's a short par four, but there's water. Um, and I hit my eight iron tonight. I think I had like 110 in. It's a gap wedge all day. And, you know, I caught it thick, and it goes in the water. And was like, all right, whatever. I mean, I'm not gambling, but I'm still irritated that I did it. And then I stuck it nearly hold it out uh, after the drop, just dropped it right where I missed it. And, and then it was a, whatever, like 10 inches for, for par or no, for bogey, excuse me, but almost hold it for par. And it was like, and then I'm just, just super calm throughout the whole thing. Not even worrying about it. Cause usually I'm like work, not worked up, but like my score, I'm so on a mission to get to scratch for right. whatever fucking reason. No one cares. Like truly no one cares, but me. Um, and I'm just like, if I could approach it this way every time, it clears the mind. It, it is so, like, uh, yeah, it was super windy yesterday. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, I know where I'm hitting it. I'm aiming at that. 
and don't even worry about like that. That's I've decided, and there's the commitment, and that, and then okay, I missed a I three putt on uh, the tough hole number five um, when I really had a good opportunity for par, and I wound up double bogey and like three putted from probably twelve feet. Um, but either way, that whole thing. I'm just telling you, like the great guys I've played with, whether it be somebody the audience actually has gotten to know, and Michael Wellington. Um, or got to know maybe a little bit through the video, Chris Nagel, when we played him, Adam Long. Um, who else would be, I don't know if I'm leaving somebody out that the TMA audience would know or is local. Skip. Yeah, well, there's another one. I mean, and it's just, it's so, it's the mental thing. That's the thing. It's just, God, I can't emphasize that enough yeah, especially with something like golf where it's... it well i mean that, that's what i'm talking it really tr that it is golf it is golf it is and i guess maybe in a way there's an equation to poker like you play the same way no matter what you're doing it's the same thing and don't overthink it don't like you know take it. i'm not saying it's wrong to line up putts or anything i'm just like you kind of know already and taking more time and doing all the lineup just you know it's so feel, but because it's feel, the mind comes into play. So if the mind starts fucking with your feel, you'll short it or you're, you know, probably short it more, really more than anything. Um, so anyway, I just, I'm like, okay, and I'm missing some things long, which I liked because yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use, like, I'm not like, I feel like that's a thing that people do when they're actually playing is, okay, I don't want to go long and I'll go and I'll right, leave it like a pitch they, short. Right. Exactly. Like you got. 15 yards behind the pin. Yeah. Fuck it, use them. Unless you're sculling it. How often do people go long? So what I was doing yesterday, and I'm walking so this stuff wouldn't be in a cart, and I know some places have it in a cart, which I think is so valuable, and you could have it like on a, a watch or whatever the fuck they call those things that you wear, and it's got the distances. Oh, it's the best. GPS watch? Yeah, GPS watch. So I'm shooting the front of the green, I'm shooting the back of the green, and then shooting the pin, like when you're playing at a place where there's the cart and it gives you that information. And I think, I bet I'd play noticeably better there. Yes. Because you know what, I'm not Front aiming X. for the pin. Right. So, so my, okay, it's one, it's 94 to carry the bunker and it's 114 to the bunker behind it and the pin's, you know, whatever, 107. So that, so now Freeze I know what mind. I can hit. Well, then now I know what my club is. Yes. So now I know my club because I know I'm not going to hit. I'm not going to hit. I can hit a gap 115, but I'm probably not going to. And I'm definitely not going to leave it unless, like yesterday, I kind of caught it too thick. So that's it. So then you just hit the shot. Then there's nothing else to it. Freeze up the mind. Totally does. So that is, that's it. But, I mean, if you're asking for a specific golf thing, it's my fucking back right now. But secondarily, um, really, it's mental. But, I mean, yeah, a specific thing would be around the green. I spent too much time on golf there. I got to go on. Uh, will you digitize old VHS romp tapes? Absolutely. That's from Fat Bob. Be happy to do it. If you got wet pink. Can't wait for me. Yeah, who has wet pink? It was VHS. Yeah, we could digitize that. I bet quick. that is the most awful porn film ever. <laughs> Isn't the idea of it that they wear a lipstick? That turns so they're lesbian? straight women, and then when they put on this lipstick, they become lesbians. So progressive. I mean, my, absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, if that existed, I would buy it all up. We'd be broke, be and my wife would go, what are you fucking Jimmy doing? And I go, I bought all this lipstick. And by the way, you need to put some on that's exactly what I would... God, that would be the greatest thing ever. So the theme of the picture, wonderful. I believe Nina Hartley was in it. Oh. After Boogie there was Nights. A, there was a, there's before. an adult star who, who's around for a while, and I feel like this, this can sound mean, and then and therefore if I name her, it comes off rough. But she's kind of got a little bit of manly facial features to her. Mm, okay. I need to maybe pull it up and see. 
but God, she worked. She worked quite a bit, and she was sporting. Was she the one that said "fuck my shit locker"? <laughs> Clip that off. That was that was. I believe her name was Hillary Scott. <laughs> And I never for the life of me got her popularity outside of, I guess, if you're into, like, the dirtier yeah. thing, yeah. then that was a thing. But I'm obviously, well, I say obviously, but to me it's obvious. Like, Ella Reese and Abigail Mack are, like, conventionally beautiful women. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember Lisa Ann saying, oh, you're into pretty women. You know, and I go, I don't, what else? <laughs> like, I don't know. But, I mean, that that's the thing. That's not necessarily for it. But so some people are into, like... The dirty thing, and I remember Stern had Hillary Scott on. He goes, let me play a clip for you here and get your reaction to this. And she's screaming, fuck my shit locker. He goes, do you ever, like, do that in your personal life? He goes, because if somebody was yelling that at me, I don't know how I would handle it. Like, for real, like, if I were in the midst of coitus yeah. and it's anal, mm-hmm. and the and the last I'm with starts yelling, fuck my shit locker. I'd start giggling. I, I think I would. Yeah, or like- I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess that's where I am. You know, yeah. but what a wonderful phrase. Yeah. And I listen, some people, you know, we don't want to kink shape. It's really, so, it's so important to balloon party, but it's also important in here. Never. So clever, dirty talk of that nature might be someone's uh, bag and God bless them. So God. shout out to Hillary Scott. Yeah. We'll, I'm we'll dedicate you. this episode to her. Yeah. I mean, I really think what I'm most attracted to is sporting. I really do. That's so your thing you, with the tattoos and the piercings. I think so. I really do. But I guess if you like look at, you know, Abigail Mack, Ella Reese, Diora Baird, back in the day, Janine Linda Mulder. We haven't seen her now because she's in the woods with sciatica in Oregon. We'll see her in the spring. Right. <laughs> when the foliage. Yeah, whenever the snow melts. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's absolutely, that's absolutely it. Yeah. But but then the fuck my shit locker girl. It's tough. Yeah, like she could look like, okay, so now I got to, like, play out the hand. If Ella Reese were yelling, fuck my shit locker, I don't think I'd really be into that. I mean, I wouldn't be against it, I guess. But is that not sporting? That's the thing, I know. But then it gets into like, oh yeah, that's 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 her bowel movement factory. Yeah, I mean... And that's not what I'm... And I, I mean, look at you, Johnny anti-anal here. I mean, right. this if anything... Well, it gets back to me not wanting to look at the blood. Like, you don't want to... The blood from yourself, not the... <laughs> yeah, I should have clarified. Thank you. That's what I'm here listen, for. Listeners cycle on, they cycle That's off. That's right. Uh, when I was talking about getting my blood drawn yesterday for some blood work, I don't want to look at it because I don't want to think about what's going on. Same yeah, but idea. I'm fine with my own blood. But same idea with this, where you don't want to think that this is where they're Right. So I recall, and I'm sure I've told the story before, whatever, fuck off. Actually. I'm doing a million different shows here at this point. I'm talking like nine hours at a time. You motherfuckers are lucky I'm talking for an hour even at this point. Be honest with you. Speaking of fashion, just real quick, when you said that you had lunch with Joe Buck at Jay Bucks, I just imagined De Niro and Goodfellas saying, drinks are on the house. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I'm at uh, the Stag Bar with Gina Lynn, who was a guest on the show. Okay. And, and it's like 3 in the morning. I think it's 2006. And uh, her husband's name was Travis Knight. And I always felt like he named himself after the former UConn player who was with the Lakers. He's Big also, white guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's also a filmmaker. Made the newest Transformer movie. Like the actual guy who used to play for the Lakers? Mm-mm, different okay. Travis right. Knight. But so, so it was three Travis Knights. How about that? What yeah. are the chance? Well, this guy like looked like Eminem. Okay. He, like, he had the bleached thing that went on in the early 2000s, oh, yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. keeping it going in 2006. Oh, nice. Good for him. And, you know, they were cool. I guess maybe they were, I, I didn't realize it. Like now I feel like I totally know it, but I guess they wanted to like 
swap, mm. I guess, mm. I think, with the benefit of hindsight. But I was totally oblivious to it, which is really saying something for me. But uh, so anyway, we're there, and it's like 3 or 4 in the morning, and I'm sure I'm drunk. And somehow the topic of her being like the last well-known adult star not doing anal comes up. And I know I didn't bring it up because I really am not, I don't really care. I'm not like anti it like you, but it's not like a real, I don't mean, it's kind of like, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, all right, you know, whatever. I'm just like, whatever. I mean, the whole thing is so fucking weird when I talk about it now. But yeah, I was sitting there with Gina Lynn, her husband, Travis Knight, who looks like Eminem. And my significant other at the Hustler Club at 3 or 4 in the morning. And we're talking about her and anal. And she goes, you don't realize it, but girls shit all over the set. Ugh. And I go, oh, wow, super hot. She goes, yeah. And then she named, I think it was Brianna Banks. Like she goes, oh, my God, it was like a fountain. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm like, okay, I got to, like, block this out when I see Brianna Banks again, you know, like, because oh, yeah. I'm going to think of her, like, as the shit fountain. <laughs> Let me just find the title. <laughs> Shit fountain. And uh, and then like and now that this is the thing, and I don't know how many people are in uh, open situations in the YouTube chat. I would imagine everybody. About half, I'd say. Okay. But uh, it's like three or four in the morning, like I said, and like a, a a nicer looking but slightly older couple, if memory serves, like probably now my age range, but this is 2006, so um, I guess I'm 30. And they come up, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we want to go to dinner? Okay, we're going to go to dinner. And they're like, you guys need to come to dinner with us tomorrow night. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, man, if it's 4 or 5 in the morning and I'm this drunk, and I'm not, I'm not going to want to, you know. And so that Sunday night, uh, I, think I, t I think we told them on Saturday night that we weren't going to join them, whatever. And then that Sunday night, I said, hey, what's up, man? You know, good to hang out with you guys, whatever. Sorry we couldn't join you for dinner. I hope you had a good time in St. Louis. Just whatever, just being polite, probably on a flip phone. And Travis Knight, uh, he goes, you didn't miss anything except this. And he sends a picture of it back of Gina Lynn's ass. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, huh. And I show it to my significant other at the time, and I go, I think they might have wanted to fuck. And now I'm kind of bothered by it because I left a putt out there. <laughs> And I didn't pick up on it, but I think that's what was going on. Like, like if you, like if I invited you to go to dinner and you didn't do it, and you say, "Oh, how was dinner last night?" And I sent you a picture of Anna Marie's ass, you'd be like, you wouldn't go home. I'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be out Monday." Um, yeah, I need to be switched over to balloon party yeah, permanently. Yeah, I think I'll just I'll wait down the hallway for but you. But that's what ha that's truly what happened. That's crazy. I remember showing it to her. She's like, I don't know, great, you know, whatever, I don't know. But I'm like, well, fuck. And I think that I think the next morning on uh, what was the morning grind, I think I told Martin and the cat about it. And, like, I think the cat said, well, I wouldn't have wanted to go to dinner with him anyway. I would have been wearing a biohazard suit, if memory serves, because the cat isn't into that. Sure. And then, like, Martin's just laughing about the whole thing, you know, the whole time. Like, you know, that I was this worked up about, <laughs> like, I missed this chance to go to dinner with the Lynn's. <laughs> And Travis. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, possibly bang. Yeah. 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 And it's it's 18 years, and I'm still a little tilted by it, to be honest with you. Was your significant other at the time been okay with the swap situation? Probably not. Okay. I mean, that's what that's what everything goes back to, right. which is why when I show the shit, you know, it's the, same, it's the same shit that's going on now. Sure. You know, it's like, well, what about this? Okay. It's the same thing. It's, it's eye rolling. Yeah. You know, like if she's watching this right now, it's I should probably turn it off. Eye rolling. I hope she doesn't. I hope she sticks around. <laughs> Anna Marie. Especially now with the title of the podcast being The, the Shit, Shit Fountain. Fountain. Right. right. Um, going back, I'm going to tie this all together. Yeah. 
because you were talking about digitizing uh, still photos like Polaroids and VHS stuff for Sound Story, and then you just talked about flip phones. Was there any lower point for photography than the, the photos you would get on a flip f- camera phone? Like those got to be some of the worst looking pictures. Oh yeah, pictures I would imagine. Time. Sure. Like it, like pictures. Now, took it a didn't, step but back. you didn't know like right. how bad it was at the time because you don't even compare. Like the pictures that we think are so great right now, the video that we think are so great right now, in in five years will look ridiculous. You know what I mean? As crazy as it sounds, it sounds crazy. Maybe. It will. It just. It just. I, I don't know how or why. Yeah. I'm telling you. By the way, I think I brought this up on TMA today. That's what I, and that's all I say throughout every one of these shows. But. The Billy Joel video that I was talking about. Didn't we talk about Billy yes, Joel? Yes, we today? talked about his. Have you seen that video? Song. Uh-uh. I'll look at it right now. You really do need to look at it. Right First off, I think the song is a great song. I really do. But it, it resonates more. It won't resonate with somebody who's 25 unless okay. you've already gone through a situation. Um, and then it turns out it's about his relationship with music and not with a woman. But either way, I know people listen to it and they'll think about it. It's about a, like an older married couple. But with that said, what they do with the video, I'm like, oh, they're going to be doing more and more of this left and right with AI. It's so fucking good. And it's not like I'm like a Billy Joel fanboy, but I, I appreciate him coming out of retirement to write songs. I mean, he's been performing forever, but uh, to write songs... 30 years after the last time he wrote a song. Yeah, that's are, are, crazy. Are you watching? Uh, you got you to you you stick with it here. Going through an Amex ad at the moment. No, but, they're right. Uh, you don't have a premium YouTube subscription? No. I'm so, I just made the switch like a month ago, and it is the titties, and it is the ass. It's wonderful. So is the only advantage that you just skip commercials? or is Yeah, but I think it's stuff? just like has all my stuff saved. Yeah, so you there's like just a bunch of Ella Reese and Abigail Mack interviews right there for my... For my kids when I'm scrolling through music videos for okay. them. So I'm watching. So is so is the AI turning Billy Joel back to what he looked like? But like years? three or four different stages in his career. So like right when the song kicks up. Oh, so they're wow. showing the older yeah. thing. Are they, have you seen it? So now? I saw the so the first frame, like the first part of it is like him at his youngest, like a very young age, and then the second one is him a little older. Yeah, like in the 80s. Yeah. And then I think more, the 90s, whatever. That's the last time he wrote a song. Oh but then, wow. But then if you, I mean, it's... That's outstanding. And the whole, I mean, it's just so well. And I'm kind of surprised. I don't feel like it's gotten that much attention. The attention's been on him appearing on the Grammys. Right, right, yeah. And, but I've, I watched that performance, and I didn't think that performance was... I mean, it was good, but it's not as good as the song right. is when it's, you know, well, in this studio. Is a huge, but the video is... This is a huge breakthrough, because they've done stuff to de-age, like the Irishman. The big right, thing but around it, it and that it was, it, it, that's what I'm talking about. So that was, that was 2019. Yeah, so we're five years. So look years. at this. We've advanced And if you so didn't much. know, so like my boys and my wife, you know, were watching this thing. I'm just like, call it up. I said to, to Anna Maria, I said, hey, you know that Billy Joel thing that they ended the Grammys with? I go, I saw the music video. And I said, you got to see it. And I'm like, but maybe she's going to be like, okay, who fucking cares? And it got done. She goes, holy shit. That was, yeah. she was also like really taken by the, the lyrics and the theme of the song. Right. But, but in addition, also it's difficult to do because Billy Joel is a rare artist who was performing in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, and then is still doing it in, right. in 2024. So you can't like yeah, there's, that's do not like that a with a huge catalog you know, of, of artists. Brett Michaels or something. No, no, definitely. Even though I think they should do it with Brett Michaels. Right, right. And been so prevalent in people's lives, like Billy Joel has been throughout. Like if you were born, like you were born in the 70s, growing up listening to him in the 80s and 90s, and then still to this day, if you were in New York, you could see him at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, he's kind of like my kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I saw the interview with Stern, and I've seen him on some other shows. He's kind of like, yeah, I mean, obviously he's got it. He, was, he said, Stern asked him if he'd consider selling his 
catalog. He goes, yeah, I always feel like a billion's the number. He goes, I don't know. I mean, at this point, what does it matter? He's got hundreds of millions. It just doesn't matter, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but for having that kind of money, I feel like he's kind of like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I've been married four times. Fucking mess, whatever, you know. But, I mean, he's a good guy. You yeah. Know, I, 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 get, I don't know. I don't know. I guess he's going to be in studio next week, too, along with the Hadid sisters. Yeah, well, we got a big week coming up. Yeah, next week's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think, I feel like, like Billy Joel, before he shuts it down, should probably sell the catalog. I don't mm -hmm. see why you wouldn't, because no. the only downside would be is, like, if you want to perform later, you'd have to pay off the person who you've sold the music to just for the licensing yeah. fee. But if you're not going to perform anymore, who gives a shit? Right. Uh, yeah. I guess you can't keep your masters like your family can't, but I'm sure your family would rather have a, a billion dollars to split up sure. rather than, you know, the masters to all your music. Right. Um, and at the beginning of that video, I didn't notice this, but then listening to the interview... So the last song he wrote was called Famous Last Words, which I guess was kind of his way of signing off from sure. songwriting. And yeah. again, he's continued to perform. Yeah. I think Iggy said his sister went to the show last night in Florida somewhere. Yeah. I saw him perform with Elton John at Enterprise in 2009. Yeah, he's had a residency at MSG yeah. for 20 years. Which I kind of wouldn't mind going to. I think he's wrapping it, it up. No, he's wrapping it up in July, okay. I think. Okay, so that's when he's shutting it down. Um, that would be kind of thinking about doing that. Have but you ever been to I've uh, been to MSG, but haven't gone to an event there. What, Penn Station's under there? If yes, my memory serves. That's the only way I've been through. Anyway, uh, so he flips this, the, like the, the notes on his piano from famous last words to the lyrics for this. I mean, there's a whole lot going on in this turn thing. Turn the lights back on. To turn the lights back on to writing music. Yeah. That's, what it's, that's what it's about. That's super cool. But then when it brings up the AI and there he is in, you know, I guess like the piano man appearance, I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking insane. And my thought being, going back to images for Sound Story, that here we are in 2024 and I'm saying in 2029, just like you talked about like De Niro and the Irishman, that in 2029 they'll look at the Billy Joel video and go, God, look how fucking obvious that AI is. Whereas yeah. I'm sitting here talking about how incredible it is right now. You see what I'm saying? Totally. Like when it comes to like the effects you can put on video, I totally agree with you. We were going to yeah. have fun light years. I think from just like a digital capturing, photo capturing and video capturing perspective, I don't know if we can get much better than like what an iPhone has right now. Like it, you can look at an iPhone and it looks like you're just looking at what you would see with your own eyeballs. Like to, to a certain extent, like cameras just will match up, yeah. will match up with what our corneas and, you know, our, our pupils can see. Yeah. It only can get so good. But in terms of like what you're saying, like with AI and de-aging, which has been tried for years, like the Irishman was like the best example and that still didn't look great. This looks unbelievable. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just so well done, both with the light and the, kind of the way the lighting looked in the, in the 70s and 80s. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I have a great appreciation for it. Totally. Maybe people like it, maybe they won't, or maybe they won't like it because I say I like it. But like I said, the, we're, correction. the correction is underway. Mm -hmm. The correction's underway. Uh, let me continue on here. I'm hypervanilating. I'm laughing so hard at that. Uh, just in general. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about, though. You can apply to so much. I know. See, this is what happens when I'm not reading the, the YouTube chat as the things come in. Uh, I've been the fuck my shit locker discussion. Oh, that, that really happened. Um, oh, wait. The grown male wearing a black turtleneck and a flannel top is weak in the knees. I love... I don't know. Oh, this is probably talking about you and the drawing blood thing. Oh. Well, sorry. Listen, I just don't... I, I don't like looking at, like blood being extracted and that much blood you know? jessica and joe wrote look away baby look away i did i did i looked away and then i took a quick glance and i said "Ooh, bad idea and turned right back around and that uh, was fine don peepee said if you mess with tim you mess with the peepee and don't mess with the peepee that's don peepee 
Truer words have never been spoken. Droid Effects and Don PP are leading the charge on the Tim correction. That's from Alex Ebert. Let's just acknowledge. Let's start here. This is part of the correction. Let's acknowledge that there's been a pushback against me. We can't acknowledge that there's a correction without acknowledging the problem first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at this angle I've got. Underhanded. <laughs> look at this. I'm even doing this. Looks like a fucked up Harry Potter. Give a little spell. Uh, Tim, have you ever heard of Preacher Copeland? He owns a ministry and flies around in a private jet to preach and lives a life of luxury. He is catching a ton of shit about his lifestyle. Uh, That's from Alexander Colton. No, I have not. Um, Isn't that what Joel Osteen catches shit for, though? Yeah, but he's like a megachurch. I think I've seen a video of this. By the Astrodome, too, isn't it? Yes. Uh, And as I've said before, we dedicate every show to Joel Osteen. That's correct. Um... But I've seen, like, a Copland thing, and, yeah, he's... Oh, so you are familiar with I think with he's it? had a lot of work done, so it makes him look kind of odd. Yeah. And, like, he's, like, I don't know, they've, like, really handed it to this journalist, and it made me very uncomfortable, so I stopped watching videos <laughs> about him. This was years ago. Uh, let's see. I love to look and see how fast it comes out. It fascinates me. That's Eric Bishop, but now we're talking about blood again. Um, I struck a nerve with this one. I can't look at blood. Yeah, I know. It's part of my condition. That's Don PP. You might want to check in and see what condition your condition is in. That's Ben the Butcher. May I suggest reading a good boink story from the emails, a good old Rob story. We definitely have them now. Boink story. I got one. I, 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 I'll save it for... Let's see. What do I got? I got a. I got an important Zoom, actually. Um, I know that... I hope, how do you think that came off? It, but, but it is. Yeah. Like, it, it's, not, it's not like a... On Friday. Just I'm thinking... A, I'm, just, I'm more interested in what's a, like a less important Zoom. This is like this could be a significant thing on the sound story timeline. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I'm kind of like, but I kind of want to know more about your casual Zoom sessions. Not as important, yeah. honestly. Like I feel like, and this one might be a total zero, but it could wind up being huge. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm like, so then I like, how do I handle QFTA? And then the weather's going to be decent on Friday, and that's usually when I play. But now I'm sitting here with this fucking lower back thing, huh? mm, mm. and it's a mess. You got heating? Did the Doctor Ben? Suggest I was just talking about back? that with Hubbard Marty, and he goes, "He'll go with ice, and then with heat." And I need to. Yeah. God, it just sucks. But either it's not about it's not about the pain. It's about oh shit, am I going to now be dealing with this? Right. And then then there's the only way to handle it to not play for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would hate to hear that, especially with the good weather we got. Going I'm on. telling you. I mean, look at this. For, I'm looking at the forecast right now. It is just ridiculous. Yeah, Targeting Sunday. This is insane. Yeah, 74 and sunny on Sunday. 70 and sunny on Monday, and then next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 67, 69, 65. Yeah. It's a good time to get out there. You know, this is unbelievable. It's outstanding. Uh, let's see what I got here. Uh, but to keep it happy, Tim and Jackson look cute. Thank you, Don PP. Thanks, Don. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? I feel like I kind of wanted to keep this relatively short because if I go to another topic, God only knows, and I'm hungry, and I want to go eat my delicious grilled chicken at home with my Red Hot Blues chips mm-hmm. and my Andrea's barbecue sauce. That's what I want. That's, and that's what I have almost every day. You're a simple man with simple pleasures. I eat the same thing usually like for lunch. Butter on your ass and lollipops in your mouth. Was that from the Colonel? No, it was, I think it's uh, Philip Baker Hall, Floyd Gundali. <sighs> but he's, I think he was talking to the Colonel. 
Hot oh, fuck action. <laughs> oh, Tim is a power bottom. Must be the reason for the back pains. Understandable. Just sad to see. At what point did I come in as no, a this bottom? This is all part of the correction, Tim. You got to deal to with To be a this. bottom? Well, That's you have to deal with these barbs. Uh, let's see. I played yesterday at Crescent. Played with a gentleman who had iron covers. <laughs> Two gloves and would lay on the ground read putts. Oh God! There's no way that's real. I wanted to eat shards of glass. No way that's real. Oh my God! If you can't post scores and you're down on all fours reading a, a putt, and you're not gambling on anything, I got a real issue with you. That's the thing. So that's the other thing. Like I love when I can start posting scores. Right. I so we can start posting scores on Friday. Yep. So I'm kind of like I want to play on Friday, but I got this important YouTube or Zoom thing. It could really mid. Uh, the reason I bring that up is I like to do erotic stories on Friday. It's true. It's brown liquor. And, and this one that I read that that got sent in, it's going to be, we're we're in a whole new frontier on the erotic stories. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, like this, that's good teasing. Um, so all I'm going to say because if I go any further, I'll just feel like I got to read it, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, we both talk about especially on the episode titled "The Shit Fountain." This is the shit fountain. That's right. Um, we talked about before, like, and it's the case with a lot of St. Louis golfers or any Midwest golfer is when you start the year. Right. You, so your late. handicap right. is way too low for what your actual game is. And we is. don't get to play and can't compete with. Like, we just casually. Did you watch any of the McElroy, Max Homa? Uh, I saw clips. Rosang. And, I saw clips. Boy, that uh, Rosang's got an unbelievable swing. The, the tempo. Oh, and, and Lexi God. Thompson. Thing. Of course, the two-year-old couldn't get enough of it. And I'm like, hey, you know, number one, you were conceived right there. And number two, uh, you don't know it, but this is where we have been throughout your brother's life. But yeah. this year, we're going to be here. But I'm kind of like, what? In the, 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 and then they showed a, the name of the place in West Palm is called The Park. I, I wasn't even aware of it. I guess it's relatively new. Okay. It's, it's a little south of where we usually are. It's down uh, toward West Palm, Jupiter's north. Um, and then they show a video of, like, a bunch of kids playing there. And, you know, my wife's like, God, this has to be so weird for a two-year-old to be this obsessed with golf. And then they show a clip, and it's, like, a bunch of two- and three-year-olds hitting golf balls. She goes, oh, I guess. Yeah. And I go, it's a weather thing. It's like going out and playing in the yard is playing golf when it's like that year-round. Yeah, you know? totally. That's totally. the deal. So that's why the best golfers come from the South. Usually, yeah. Period. Yep. Like Keenan, uh, Keenan, Keegan Bradley is an outlier. Adam Long is an outlier. Yeah. But he I, went and played golf at Duke. He was going to go to Gainesville, and then he went to Duke. Right. right. If you're not from the South, you at least spend some part of the season when you cannot play golf where you're from. In the South. In the South. Yeah, that's what, like, Nagel's done. Right. He's gone to, like, Arizona. Uh, let's see what we got. Anything else? Uh, Billy Joel was great last time at Bush Stadium. Highly recommend. That's Carlos Spicer. Maybe I'll go. Because my birthday's September 27th, as everyone knows. And so that's the night of him and Sting, which mm. I wasn't all that worked up about. Uh, and then Evolution Fest is Saturday and Sunday. So we can just have a music festival. That'd be nice for you. But I'm always looking for an orgy. Well. I guess I can reach out to the Lins again. Yeah, yeah. See where they're at. See if you think they're still together. No. Uh, that's a, that's a, all the rolls in. Yeah. If you call, you double me up. I just, honestly, if they just told me they still has the bleach blonde hair, I'd be like, okay, then. No, they're not together anymore. Maybe like a, you never know if people are even alive. Yeah. Uh, Travis Knight, you gotta adult get the director of Bumblebee. Star, I'm typing in Travis Knight, adult star. Uh, he was in Gina's Very Merry Christmas Orgy. <laughs> he gather, was born, gather around, born on Valentine's Day in '67. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So he's like in his so mid-50s. He says he's 56. Oh my God, is there a chance they're still together? There's no way. There's just no way. Do do porn marriages not usually last? Uh, I guess all celeb marriages. This was this was a perfect example of when we've had this happen. It even happens with like models, where he was there, but 
it was like, hey, don't say anything. He's going to be here because you want to keep up the facade facade that she's available, yeah, you know, right. to the guy listening to TMA who's going to come over and, you know, spend $10,000 on lap dances. Yeah. A lot of the plugs kind of spit in that uh, model, though. Yes, that's correct. Uh, he was married for a year, but I don't think that they're still together. Okay. Well, That's those two kids can't make it. Thank you, especially <laughs> when they're inviting me to sleep with them. Yeah, and send an ass pic. But I'm sure they weren't inviting me. I mean, these are all—I'm always the package in the package deal. Yeah. I recognize you're, it. You're the player to be named later. I'm the player to be named later, but I recognize it. I still get to enjoy the uh, situation. I'm just on a quest. You think, of, what is it going to be, 48? 48 years old is the time for your orgy. If it doesn't have to happen before, before 48, yes. it's not happening after. Thank you. Uh, so— Maybe, but I guess if you were trying to theoretically line up an orgy, the places to go would be where the people are at, and the people. You think the Billy Joel show will be the place for the orgy? Might be a little longer in the tooth. Right. Um, Evolution Fest, though, yeah. Live, very live. Maybe I'll get one of those. I heard that uh, Joe Buck, who we were talking about earlier, but he was like kind of like uncomfortable with it because he was like sitting in like a suite that they got for him. Mm And so everybody could see him, and it looked like he was like up on a stage. And he goes, "I was so uncomfortable." He goes, "So nice," and he and Oliver Hudson. Who he did the podcast right, right, with, right. who he's really good friends with. Um, Kate's brother, Kate, right. who busted out on the first hand of the World Series of Poker, like to like he had like quads and lost to <laughs> higher quads or something like that. I don't know. Like if I ever meet him, that's all I want to talk to him about. And I loved that fucking podcast. Yeah, that would be the place for it. Yeah. I feel like uh, when was it Lou Fest? Yep. There was a little something doing sapphically at one point. But see, I always think something's doing sapphically, yeah. and then it isn't. Yeah, there, you have like core principles, like sell, like sell off players. They do to get off championships. Absolutely, and, trade Bucinavich and Kairou now, hundred percent, all day long. And if there's even the the, the faintest whisper of sapphically, yeah, if two women say hi to each other, I mean, like, oh, they want to yeah. fuck. Tim Mike looks up that way. Yeah. yeah, like one of the hardest crashes I had back in the early 2000s. I'm like, holy shit, this is on. Two really good looking women, one of whom I was lucky enough to be with. And another one, and I'm like, oh, and we were Cheshire. This takes you back. This is this predates you without question. I mean, it's still there, but it was like a place where people would go for late night booze. Right there, Clayton and uh, that's right, yeah, McCausland. McCausland. Yeah, it's whole scene. Yeah. It was great. Good little restaurant there now. And uh, and I'm like, oh my god, they're flirting with you. It's, this is. I mean, what am I going to handle this? this? Is going to be a whole thing. I've never had this. They're both super good looking. Am I going to be with her too? I don't know. I'm I'm playing it out. And then the non significant other goes. Hey, when well, on our way home, can we hit White Castle? And I go, oh, fuck, I'm not fucking anybody. No, no, but you're going to get I mean, nothing, delicious treat. <laughs> nothing, nothing could have made it clear that we're not fucking. And it wasn't even on her mind yeah. Then, hey, I need to hit White Castle. So it just shows how I'm like. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever gotten laid after White Castle. No. And I mean, but I crashed. It was like I came off like this Coke bender. Yeah. Like in my mind at two in the morning, I'm like, this is going to be on holy shit, you know, I'm finally, it's going to happen. I'm like, um, is it Seth Meyers mm-hmm. in Can't Hardly Wait? Mm-hmm. Good that, call. that was me, thank Good you. Call. Good Very call. obscure. Good pull. And, uh, and that's where I was. I'm like, this is going to happen. I got to, like, figure this out. I got to, like, you know, I mean, I hope I don't go in 30 seconds. It's yeah. a whole thing. But even so. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't have really minded. And then it's like, we're getting ready to leave. I'm like, okay, God, this is going to be it. I got to, you know, I mean, I got condoms. Holy shit, I got to get condoms. 
hey, can we hit White Castle? And like nothing, you couldn't be more direct yet being indirect and saying, we aren't fucking, yeah. I'd like some White Castle. Yeah, it's a tough play. Then you just bury your sadness. Oh, my God, yeah. Castles, yeah. Crinkle cuts. Absolutely, and I'm sure I did. Yeah, I like the chicken rings. Motherfucker, yeah, I don't mind those either. <laughs> Very solid. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. Uh, <laughs> Tim, you'll have a threesome at Lolo's Lonely Boy Show. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be outstanding. Uh, Gutbusters pre and post orgy. No, it didn't. It absolutely. Oh, God, no. Yeah, uh, Don Peepee said White Castle's the biggest cock block ever. Yeah, oh. but I mean, the, the, here's the thing. I was the only person of the three who was thinking there was going to be a threesome. Right. That's the problem. Right. This wasn't like, yeah, we could have a threesome or I could get White Castle. It was on nobody else's mind but mine. Yeah, that's the. It, and the thing is, I was like so certain it was there. I'm like, God, I guess I'm gonna have to act like I need to get gas to run in and get condoms. And instead, I'm in the drive-thru line at the White Castle 10 minutes later. Yeah, that's not what you want. I know. You see what I'm talking about? This is... this not is not what you want. But I, I guess it's kind of, you have to look inward uh, to a certain extent, because if you're the only right, one Right, I'm always assuming it's going on. Right, right. And so, yeah, Billy Joel, I would not say, is going to be your best bet right. in that regard. You think but Evolution Fest is hey, live? It's, if there, it's more likely than any other event going on in town this weekend, that weekend. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Furry like you know, like the, the, you know, it's always going to be my wife, obviously. And, you know, women will be, oh, my God, you're so, you know, whatever, the, the compliments. And I think they're real, I think, because she's, like, pleasant. Like, mm-hmm. if she were a bitch and had her appearance, then I think it'd be like, oh, fuck her. I think this is real. I think mm-hmm. people like her. Yeah. Whereas I'm in the current early stages of what's called the, the correction. Correct. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so they'll ask about, like, outfits or where she got this shit. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, are they flirting? And I'm like, they're not, though. I know they're not. And I can't even con myself into that one. But here I am at the Cheshire 20 years ago going, oh, my God, I'm about to have a threesome until the White Castle thing came up. Well, keep that up because, honestly. Yeah, you don't want to let the dreams die. Never. There's like, that's like the, that would be like the saddest American story. Is if like, I stop believing in the chances of yeah, my threesome. Yeah. But maybe the second you stop believing is when it comes to you. They, they always say oh, that. Oh, wow. They always say that. They say that about pregnancy. Yeah. That's what happened to us. Yeah, when you stop trying, when you stop thinking about it, that's when it happens. But I don't like that idea. you got to keep the hope alive. Stoke the fires of it. Honestly. Yeah. I really think these women might be open to engaging, but I need to, like, stay out of it. But you'd I, be fine with that, right? 100%. Couldn't be happier. Right. You Couldn't just, be happier. You just need, like, a sliver yeah. of viewing. If I could, yeah, just behind a potted plant somewhere. That's where I'll be. Don't yeah. you won't even notice me though. You could, I'm so slight. <laughs> so you'll be this shadowy figure in the corner, <laughs> pantyhose on head. Yeah, that's right. Snow smushed up. Yeah, no one would think that's weird. <laughs> right? Yeah, because they don't kink shame. Yeah, you're in the comfort of your own home. Uh, all right. Today, I don't think I can call the episode the, the shit fountain. I, I don't know where this is sort of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm social concern. I'm now with the Reverend Falwell. Yeah, since the correction started. Yeah, exactly. Really now I'm started. appealing to my friends on the religious right. My good friends on the religious right. right. Uh, that was in the first part of the podcast. The correction. <laughs> the beginning of the correction. I like that. There you go. We'll shut it down. Otherwise, I'll be here forever. Thank you, to everybody, for uh, listening. Uh, whether you watch live on YouTube or you listen on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I have an erotic story. And I wouldn't necessarily say this is one you should look forward to, but we are... We're in a whole new world with the erotic stories. The last one we read, there was a, there was a revelation of some sorts, so... I'm excited to see what new frontier we've reached. Yep, it's all it's all happening in my email inbox. T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, for Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the Longo Big Studios.